Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Zone Time. Another brand new episode for you all. Justin. Cuthbert from the Yahoo Sports is here. Arun Surinavasan is back. I hope uh, you prepared just like you did last week, buddy. And Rahef is also back as well. Uh, as I understand, uh, just to kind of peel the curtain back a little bit here, I know Omar's been on a lot of these episodes. Uh, we're recording as the Toronto Maple Leafs are playing right now. He's at the game, which I never thought was possible at all. I thought he never left his basement, but uh, good for him to uh, enjoy a Leafs game in person and let him be disappointed that way. Uh, but we're not going to talk about the Leafs. He already addressed that on his latest edition of In the Mentions. I wanted to talk about the Canucks because a lot of crazy shit has happened with the Vancouver Canucks over the last little while. Jim Benning is gone. Travis Green is gone. A few other management pieces are gone too. Uh, Bruce Boudreaux is in as head coach. They'll figure out who the GM is a little later. I just wanted to get your initial thoughts on on the curtain kind of coming down on on Jim Benning and Travis Green finally for the Vancouver Canucks. It took a Jersey being thrown onto the ice for all this change to happen. So my yeah. issue is, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Ref. Go ahead. Go ahead. So my issue is not necessarily that that is with Boudreaux was named head coach, but uh, the way mm-hmm. the news broke, it broke in reverse. And my issue with it is the process involved where Elliot Freeman came out and reported that uh, Bruce Boudreaux had been named the next coach of the Vancouver Canucks before Travis Green had been formally dismissed. Obviously, you can draw from context clues that Green was getting axed. But uh, to me, you know, it makes it in, impossible for um, there to be new voices in hockey. It seems like the same 60 guys are getting recycled. And to be clear, Boudreaux is certainly qualified. He has a career 63.5% uh, percent winning percentage. Like, he wins a ton of games. You know, he's generally well-liked in league circles. And I don't want to qualify him as a monster. He absolutely is uh, well-suited for the job. And this is not, I don't mean to be ageist here. But, you know, the fact that this guy can moonwalk into his fourth uh, angel head coaching job at age 67 seems like an odd fit for a younger team that needs um, some motivation, to say the least. Uh, Never thought if, of it that way. If, if not, uh, some more talent. But, you know, a lot of people who are saying they want to change hockey culture or make the game in a better place or at least have some innovative voices, you know, people will say representation matters. And it certainly does. But that has to be in lockstep with policy, too. Um, so I found it sort of disappointing that, you know, the Canucks who knew that they were going to get rid of Travis Green, the way things were trending for the last uh, month, to say nothing, the last two years, really, um, you know, that they already had Boudreaux ready in place. Like, I would like to see just like a better process where it, it for first of all, for gender and racial representation, but just also to deep into a better pool of candidates overall. I just thought that it seemed like preemptive 
And while he certainly has an on-ice resume and he seems like a good guy and we all love his press conferences, they are a breath, a breath of fresh air. Um, that's what I found a little bit um, alarming. Perhaps what did you think? Yeah, you make a really good point. And I was actually going to come at it from a different angle because um, my understanding of Travis Green as a coach is that he's really into the X's and O's and he's like a very good like systems process guy. And just from like what's been going on with the Canucks, I found the move to bring in Boudreaux, who's, you know, kind of well, he's established himself almost as like a player's coach, was pointed in that, you know, the players on the Canucks team, they they need a new voice and they need someone who's, you know, you hear players talk about like, what's one thing you can talk about, like your time with Bruce Boudreau as your coach. And a lot of the time they say things like easygoing. So I feel like it was kind of pointed maybe that they brought in a coach like Boudreau. And like you said, I, I, for a long time, I actually wanted him as the least head coach. You know, he's, he's an excellent coach, but I, I get hundred percent what you're saying. It, it always feels like it's the same, 30, 40 guys just being constantly recycled over and over and over and over again. Um, and you hear that even with what's, uh, what happened with the Flyers. It's like, who's going to be, it's just the same people over and over again. So I do get what you're saying. I apologize if my point here is a bit scattered because ever since Arun said that Boudreaux was moonwalking into his fourth job, I have a picture <laughs> of Bruce Boudreaux moonwalking in my head. But I actually <laughs> don't too. think this is time for a rookie, to be honest. Um, I want to see new people get like an honest chance. And this doesn't seem like an honest chance to me. In fact, it seems like something that's very self-serving in um, from the ownership standpoint with the Vancouver Canucks, because Boudreaux is a guy who's supposed to come in and fix problems and make things look a bit better than they are to make them a little shinier than they really are. And I don't think that's what the Canucks need. I don't, I don't think they need their issues sort of, concealed or shrouded or hidden away or whatever. I think they need them laid bare. And I think if there's one thing that Boudreaux could do is sort of relay the information and what really ails this team. But I also think he's going to get good performances out of this team. And this season's already gone. That leaves him next season on this current contract. Then I think they're going to just move on probably without Boudreaux under a new regime and a teardown. So I don't know I mean, I get it for Boudreaux. You want to coach, you want to make the money that you make as an NHL coach. I just don't think this is like the best final stop for him. And I don't think this is the best move for the Canucks because I just think they're setting themselves up to handle PR with this rather than to really pinpoint the issues at play. I guess that's going to, you know, the GM's going to be in charge of all that. But this feels more like a self-serving move just to prevent jerseys from hitting the ice and more people from, you know, adding Francesco Accolini on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. And what other, I'll say this with Boudreaux. It feels as if as toxic as the situation has been in Vancouver, they could have put almost anybody as a head coach right now and they probably would have seen it as an upgrade on Travis Green. I understand he has the qualifications that he has and he's tried as best as he could with this roster. And you can even make the argument that sometimes he's been kind of propped out there to handle different media situations that maybe Jim Benning or others in the organization should be handling. But I, I think with just with the way that the Canucks have just looked over the last few years, a change had to come. I mean, when you have JT Miller yelling out, we have no clue what we're doing in the middle of a practice, that's not a great sign for any coach to have to deal with. And the writing was essentially on the wall for, for Travis Green here. It's, it sucks for him, but at the same time, they needed to make a change. I'm also just curious who's going to take over in the GM position now for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, go on the topic of same candidates and coaching, I wonder what it's going to be like for general managers as well, because 
a guy who was just out of a job in Montreal and Mark Bergevin is now being linked to the Vancouver Canucks job. And he might even bring over his AGM from, from Montreal as well and Scott Mellenby. So it's not even as if it's just a coaching issue, well, just an issue that pertains to coaches in terms of the same guys who are being revolved around. This could also pertain to management and front office jobs as well. If Mark Bergevin ends up in Vancouver, it's just like, really like, like I'd be surprised first of all, because you go from one high pressure market to another. I I've really been, my eyes have really been open to how wild this Vancouver market has been. And I don't know if Bergevin (laughs) would even want to put himself through that, but I I think it also speaks to Arun's original point that uh, it'd be nice to see some other new candidates for some of these new positions. I just don't know if the Aquilinis are even interested in doing that right now. No, but you spoke about public relations and just quickly on that. I mean, hiring Mm -hmm. Mark Bergevin after the summer he had would be a public relations disaster, you know? So, uh, you know, um, you know, one, I guess could conceivably make the argument that a team that he largely constructed uh, achieved above expectations and won the Stanley Cup final, but you can't in any capacity hire Mark Bergevin. Uh, and, And of course there are, Plenty of candidates, whether having experience um, through traditional circles, National Hockey League, or whether being assistant general manager for teams that have drafted well. There's so many guys that I would just see out of Mark Bergman, and his off-the-ice record is eminently disqualifying. By the way, uh, before I just let either Rahef or Justin finish their point, I know Sam's not here, and she's our resident, you know, Canucks anything on this show. Uh, she would not be down if Mark Bridgman was GM. I'm just going to put that out there now. I, I just, she, she, I'm not going to say exactly what she said, but uh, she would not be happy if Mark Bridgman was GM. But I'm sure she feels some relief at the idea that Jim Benning is finally gone from the Vancouver Canucks. And that the, if you list through the, his entire track record as GM with some of the moves being made, the Jay Beagle signings and the, and the Louis Erickson trade and all the other, the Eric Branson moves, like, it's it's a bit of a doozy. I le- people say with Mark Bergevin, like you know what, like his, some of his trades were good in isolation. Like, what's like Jim Benning's like good move? Are they drafting Elias Pettersson? I was gonna say like yeah, <laughs> but that's yeah. it. I think. But like all Elias of us would have done that. The JT Miller trade was <laughs> decent. Yeah, there are a couple in there. Yeah, the but I guess on, on the topic of Bergevin. Um, if there is one redeeming quality, it's that he can make hockey trades. Right. And I think there is clearly something that Vancouver has to do is make trades here. If they, you know, they could step into a teardown, but the teardown is going to require you to actually get some value in return for a lot of assets. I'm not looking at their cap friendly right now, but I'm assuming that they've got quite a few players who have some term and they're going to have to be dealt here. If they are indeed heading toward a tear, they've got to be dealt regardless because change, obviously has to be made. So I think if there's one thing with Bergevin, it's that. But this is where I'd like to see new blood. I would like to see someone new come in and bring their ideas to a hockey team and to be in charge of potentially either tweaking or building from the bottom up uh, with the Vancouver Canucks. I think that's where we're missing this, you know, this injection of new ideas. And of course, Bergevin is sort of the definition of old ideas. And and Julian, you can speak to this, but he's not going to bring anything innovative Maybe he comes in and makes a few deals that he wins, but that's about it. And I don't think you want to go through the entire 10-year grind with Mark Bergevin, who's had a decade to prove that he can build a Stanley Cup championship team in Montreal and hasn't really done so. So that's not an investment I would be willing to make. 
he wants to come in for a year and a half while you groom someone to make some trades maybe i don't think that's the best way to go though and certainly the pr thing yeah maybe jives with boudreaux it certainly doesn't with mark bergevin what about the sadines i mean it's really interesting because you know after all this was announced another part of the news was that you know henrik daniel sadine would be more involved in the day-to-day operations i mean whatever Mm -hmm. that really means but I mean, hasn't this always been rumored and hasn't the answer from Henrik and Daniel always been that they're not really like interested or that they're not like, I don't know, like looking to take that on. They just seem like, you know, they're quiet. And I don't know if maybe (laughs) GM, like you said, of the Vancouver Canucks would be a perfect. How would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study? People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Big match there. Um, yeah, the other thing I was thinking about is, you know, the Canucks haven't drafted in the first round now, I believe, what, is it two years in a row that they've been without a first round pick? So, I mean, oh, wow. whoever takes over, yeah, whoever takes over the the GM job is going to have their work certainly cut out with them, especially if they're going to tear down the team and build it back from the, build it back up from the bottom. Because, you know, when you come in and you, you want to build your team back up, what do you, what do teams covet? It's draft picks and they just haven't had, you know, first round draft picks in the last few years. So that's another thing. It'll be super interesting. Uh, Arun, just quickly want, on the oh, oh, go ahead, Justin. Sorry, I just just gonna say just quickly on the Sedin piece. I mean, why threaten your legacy if you're them? Like, do I not agree. get too involved. I mean, if no. there's a boardroom, enter the boardroom. Do not enter anywhere close to hockey operations. If I'm the Sedins, I don't think they will. But if they drift into that area, that puts them up for. Uh, inspection i guess for lack of a better term and they're going to be grinded by the fans and by the media if they do a poor job and i just don't think these two are well they could be but just my intuition i don't believe they're cut out for that i don't think that's what they got into this for i think they're into it for you know front facing stay busy mario lemieux-esque type of role not the daily grind and the criticism that'll come from the vancouver market arun do you want last word on this one 
Yeah, I mean, at the risk of contradicting like, some of my earlier points, I find the Sedin sort of be a fascinating case. I agree with Cuthbert that it, it's not necessarily uh, walking into an unstable hockey operations is necessarily the best move for the Sedins. But I looked at sort of soccer as sort of a parallel where you're seeing Michael Carrick has been uh, taking over Manchester United and Xavi has been taking over Barcelona. And a few years ago, Zidane was back at Real Madrid. Sort of this idea that club legends coming in to save the day uh, for the team where they were so beloved. Yeah, they Frank Lampard and Chelsea. Frank Sorry, Lampard, well, I mean, well, I mean, Lampard, I mean, Lampard out. Chelsea's been the best team in soccer since. But anyway, not the sport, not the show for that. Um, I, I do sort of find that phenomenon interesting because it has sort of mixed results. There is something to be said for having someone who really cares about uh, a team. But, but to Cuthbert's point, like taking over a hockey operations job for the first time with a team that is arguably the most unstable from an on-ice perspective in the league may not be the best move. I guess that's fair. I just would like, it would be fun to see the Sedins as GM only just to see like maybe if one of them shows up at like a board of governors meeting and the entire time everyone's trying to figure out which twin is which. That would just be like a very small joy. Um, We also have to mention some other teams uh, that are going through some really interesting times. Uh, Ale Vigno, formerly of the Vancouver Canucks. Hey, maybe if he got let go a couple days earlier, he would have taken a vacancy in Vancouver. I don't know how fans would have felt about that, but he is out of a job in Philadelphia, as is his assistant, uh, Michelle Terrier. Uh, But the Islanders, they haven't made any moves yet, but uh, they have not looked good either. Those are two teams in the Metropolitan Division who I thought would be very good this year. I even have the Islanders winning the division, and neither of them look good. So I wanted to do this like mini exercise here with these two teams. Uh, which team do you think actually has it worse? Is it the Philadelphia Flyers? They, they, they've lost like eight in a row. They had obviously had to let go of, of, of uh, two of their coaches. They made moves like getting Rasmus Rista lining in the offseason. They got Ryan Ellis as well, who's been very pegged up. I see the head shakes. Or would you rather be the Islanders, a team that had all the you know, they had the cup contender status heading into this year, but they played all those games to start off the year on the road and they had a brush with COVID as well. So which team has had it worse to start off this year? Uh, who should start? How about you, Rav? What do, what do you think? I mean, I'll tell you who I would rather not be. I would rather That's not fair. be the Philadelphia Flyers because, I mean, it's not just that they've lost eight in a row. It's that <laughs> their honest numbers are absolutely horrible. Like, it's not just that they have to bring in a coach and remake, you know, um, try to win some games. It's that the process is so bad. They have to remake essentially all of the systems. Like, they're just, their honest numbers are awful. Like, some of the worst in the league. So, to me, I would, I, I funnily enough, I do have faith in the Islanders. <laughs> you know after so long so many years of you know everybody second guessing them and then proving everybody wrong it kind of feels like everything is just going wrong at the wrong time for the islanders you know with the covid and and you know the bad start to the year so i i think the flyers have it worse yeah i agree i would i would like i think the islanders have been more disappointing but i think i'd rather be the islanders i mean they've had that bell with covid that is you know undermined them they are such a system oriented team where they rely so heavily on their counterattack and, you know, creating shots from just, they don't take shots from anywhere, but like six feet from the ice. So they have a sort of that identity based uh, team. Um, but look, I, if you ask me what, who's disappointing, it's clear to the Islanders. There's sort of a formula for that. I mean, they've been in the conference finals two years in a row. They were a Yanni Gord shorthanded goal away from the cup final last year. So yeah, I think you would have to look at them as more disappointing, but then again, they still have more talent. 
Trotz is arguably the best coach in the NHL. Like I, I think it's been a tough time for them, especially with COVID, but I would rather be them for sure. Well, if you don't want to be the Canucks and I assume none of us do, then you probably don't want to be the Flyers either, because as much as, you know, I, I haven't really thought about this, but I'm thinking about it now. And there are a lot of parallels between these two teams. I mean, they, they both just got rid of coaches that are not like Bruce Boudreaux in that they play bad cop, I guess. And they have been making questionable decisions in hockey operations for years now. I mean, Philadelphia is always trying to rush it. They're always trying to get that player that's going to fix everything. But in reality, they're not there. They've never been there. They've never really been close, at least in the last five, six years. This is a team that has sort of a disconnect between old and new. Those players that have been there for a while are growing older and they're not at what they were uh, a few seasons ago. And then they have these young players coming in, but it never seems to mesh. They do bring in talent, but they also bring in players like Rasmus Ristolainen. And for every Ristolainen, or for every Ellis, I guess there's a Ristolainen, and it just doesn't work for them. This is Vancouver East in a lot of ways, and that's why you wouldn't want to be anywhere near the Philadelphia Flyers. With the Islanders, literally everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. Injuries, yeah. COVID, mm -hmm. starting on the road. They were my Stanley Cup pick. Clearly that's not going to happen. They are not going to make the playoffs, but neither of these teams are going to make the playoffs. What's going to happen next year, though, is Barry Trotz is going to come back with a good team, and the Islanders are going to be fine. And we have no idea what's going to happen with the Philadelphia Flyers. Probably more of the same in which they go out and they try to solve problems, but they create new ones just that bury them once again. Hey, if the fact that the Islanders aren't doing so hot, and if the season is done for them, I mean, they end up with a pretty decent draft pick through the lottery. They go right back and have a they better They could use a little more year. talent too, of course. They, they could. could use a high pick. Yeah. I mean, you look at that team. They're very salt. They have a solid foundation of players but they don't have like a superstar leading them. Like Anders Lee is like the quietest 40 goal scorer ever. Would you consider Matthew Barzal to be like a superstar player? He's very good. Is he a I superstar? Thought he, I, I thought he was perhaps on that trajectory, but with Matt Barzal, he's played his, he's played his way off Canada's Olympic team this year. So this season has not gone very well for him. I think his ceiling is probably below that elite tier of players but they need someone else. It might not have to be a player better than Barzell, but someone who can take the load off uh, him a little bit would be would be very, very important, I think. For sure. Uh, so, yeah, I think we're all in unison here. The Islanders probably have it worse. I think if you have any brush with COVID, whether you're vaccinated or not, like it, I, I think by default you end up kind of in the worst pile. But, yeah, I think we'd all rather be Islanders than the Philadelphia Flyers right now. For the Islanders fans watching, we didn't dump on your team like we did in that other video. <laughs> So you don't have to get mad at us this time. You remember that? I'm, I'm still never going to forget that day. Kyle Cantley just got dumped on. And so he, he hasn't poked his head above water since then. He's just like, we haven't seen <laughs> I don't think he's been on the show since. I, I, I think he's just making sure that Islanders fans are not going to be all over him again. At the very least. Uh, I don't know if we have any other thoughts we want to add to this point, but um yeah, I'd rather not be the Philadelphia Flyers. I'd rather not be Rasmus Ristolainen. I know every time we say that, Dave, we just give that head our heads a shake here. I didn't get that move either. I get congratulations. You want to add some bodies on defense, but I don't think he's necessarily – I don't think he's that good of a defenseman. I just think he's just like a big dude. I think he's one of the I worst. I think he's one of the worst defensemen. What do you find? You have a big body. Have he a big body a on defense. Minutes. Congrats, you do. See, I don't know. The, the one thing with like uh, the, the I think the hardest position in hockey to evaluate is 
defensemen playing on bad teams that have a lot of responsibility. So I kind of get what they were maybe thinking. But then again, if you're in that position, you have to have something that proves to you that it can happen and that the potential is there. So going out and making that deal and having trust that the numbers were wrong and that you and your intuition was right. I mean, it's foolish. It's foolish in the end and it didn't work out. It was a gamble that did not pay off. And now they're locked into however many more years at however many more million dollars. It's a boat anchor of a contract and it didn't help that he went from a bad team to a slightly better team, I guess. And and it might cost Chuck Fletcher's job, honestly. It might. It might be part of why he ends up losing his job. I don't know what his contract status is left with the Philadelphia Flyers, but they keep losing. If they keep looking bad, Chuck Fletcher is going to be the next guy to go here. The coaching was one point, but he might very well be next. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this week's edition of Zone Time. Thank you all so much for uh, joining in with me, of course. And thank you all at home for watching wherever you watch or listen to Zone Time. Google, Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts, subscribe to those feeds of the Iowa Sports Hockey Pod, the Iowa Sports Hockey Podcast feed, of course, where you should be getting that. And on YouTube, of course, the Iowa Sports YouTube page, uh, the NHL page, of course. That's where you can see more clips from us and full episodes as well. Uh, and also watch in the mentions uh, from Omar. He has a lot to talk about with the Toronto Maple Leafs and a certain dust up that occurred with the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, if by the time you watch this, if Jason Spezza, uh, the suspension announcement has not been announced yet, don't get boothed by Mr. Booth. There's some tweet going around there where he made everyone believe that Spezza was suspended for 12 games. That's not real. Be vigilant on these Twitter streets. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.